Thank you for downloading this episode of a History of Central Florida podcast. This is the podcast where we explore Central Florida's history through the artifacts found in local area museums and historical societies. This series is brought to you by Riches, the regional initiative to collect the history, experiences, and stories of Central Florida and the Orange County Regional History Center. I am Katie Kelly, and I will be your host for today's episode titled, Railroad Bells. We all recognize the sound of bells ringing and train engines roaring to life. When we hear these sounds today, we may be tempted to think of traffic delays and freight trains. But 150 years ago, these sounds represented economic growth and national expansion. Here in Central Florida, in the last quarter of the 19th century, the railroad meant new industry and opportunities to settle the Florida frontier. To be a town with a railroad stop meant to be a town on the rise. In this episode, we will explore the importance of the railroad to the growth and development of Central Florida through the examination of the generators of these iconic sounds, railroad bells. You may not realize how important audio cues are to the structure and organization of our society, but we live our lives by them every day. For example, sirens, like those on ambulances or to notify us of severe weather, are used to alert us to danger. Dr. Mark Long of the University of Central Florida tells us about the importance of bells as a device of communication. Before modern forms of communication, the bell would be rung typically when the train is uh, is arriving or departing as a way just to let folks uh, within hearing distance know that the train is, is coming. Bells were common back then. I mean, time, kept, time was kept generally in town with bells. Uh, this kind of communication was not, was not unusual. Church bells were a central part of, of life in some ways in this time before electronic communication. Uh, so it was not an unusual way in which to communicate uh, you know, messages. In this episode, we are looking at two locomotive bells used on Central Florida railroad lines dating back to the late 19th century. Both are considered manual bells, which means that they are freestanding bells mounted into a cast iron stand and yoke assembly and would have been rung by hand to notify people at the station that the train was arriving. As the crank was pulled, the bell would swing in its stand, causing the clapper to connect with the side of the bell. This was called the sound bow to create the characteristic clang, clang, clang that we associate with railroad bells. The key characteristic difference in the two bells we are examining is the material used for the bell itself. Our first bell, which is located at the Halifax Historical Museum in Daytona Beach, is from a locomotive named the Bullo, which was the first train to come to Daytona. Like the stand and yoke assembly in which it sits, this bell is made of cast iron, which was a less commonly used material for bells of this type. The second bell under consideration here, which is located at the Central Florida Railroad Museum in Winter Garden, Florida, is made of brass, which was used much more widely for railroad bells. This bell was used in the early 1890s. The reason brass was more commonly used for these bells was because this metal creates a very loud, high-pitched ring which carries along farther distances than cast iron or other metals. The importance of the railroad to the settlement and development of Florida was immense. Business entrepreneurs who saw in Florida great potential for money-making ventures knew that if there was a means to bring wealthy northerners into the state, they would invest money in both business and leisure, 
Here is Dr. Long again. The significant building of railroads began after the Civil War, uh, in, on the peninsula in particular. The two main lines were the Florida East Coast Line uh, that Henry Flagler built, uh, beginning sort of basically from, from Jacksonville south, ultimately to Key West. Uh, but his empire was built uh, by advancing the East Coast Railroad ever further south and then building large hotels to attract tourists. I mean, what, what he was building his business on was tourist travel more than freight travel. Uh, and he needed destinations for these tourists to go to. So some of the great hotels in Florida were built by by railroad magnates. And then the, the plant line ran basically from the East Coast over to Tampa and sort of on the same system, right, trying to, to bring people into to Tampa. Um, a huge hotel built, I think the largest wooden structure uh, in, in the day was built uh, by Flagler down in Palm Beach, and the second largest was built by plant uh, in in Tampa. So... They're building enormous hotels to try and, again, attract northern tourists. Wealthy Americans visiting for leisure soon began to establish business interests in Florida. This created new uses for the railroads than just transporting the leisure class and sporting set. Dr. Long tells us how the purpose of railroads in Florida began to change. Eventually they became more uh, sort of mundane, I guess is a term I would use, to to sort of just facilitate uh, travel for not just for northern tourists, but for people within the state. Uh, in particular, there's a, the line, the Atlantic l- line that runs from Sanford south, connects Orlando and Winter Park and, and Maitland, all the stops that, that, are, that the Amtrak uses now were, were stops that were built in the late 19th century. Uh, and they connected through Sanford, early on was connecting to the river. So people, everything would sort of come via train to Sanford and then go from train to boat. And then eventually the, the railroad was built from Sanford north as well. And then And so the train begins to cut off the river in terms of a means of transportation. As business investments created new towns, the railroad became an important factor in their success or failure, as Dr. Long explains. It it takes on, in some ways, almost mythic importance. It is the the site uh, that connects your town to a a broader world. This is a time before roads were anything like usable uh, means of of transportation to, to distant places. And so... Uh, either you were on a, uh, you know, in a seaport and you were connected by boat or you had a train station. And the train station was a sign of success for your town. I mean, a lot of towns did not have train stations and they envied those who did because it brought with it business opportunities. It brought with it, you know, all the, a lot of the things that market relationships themselves bring. Right? It is a, in some ways a nexus and a symbol for that integration into a broader national and international market. And as a result, it's something that every town uh, or most towns w- would want. They would fight for the right to, to be a stop on the train line. Uh, it meant a great deal to a town to have a station because it you know, it was a place that, that um, it was, a, again, a, a node that brought in a lot of um, business opportunities and cash. Once that train stop moved, that town became a ghost town. Everybody would literally pack up. They would tear the buildings down, put the lumber on a, on a railroad track, and, and move to the the, ta- the new town, the new location for the rail stop. And the same thing happens in Florida. You know, these towns um, want the train depot to be in their town because it, again, is a symbol that they, are, they will become the local hub of the market. Farmers will go to town A with a train stop because that's where they can sell their crops uh, more easily and for a higher price rather than going to town B who does not have a, a train station. So, they, you know, again, not only a sign of political importance, but a sign of economic power. Beginning in the 20th century, as railroads began to improve and the interstate highway system was established, 
Railroads began to be replaced as the primary movers of people and goods throughout America. The democratization of the automobile brought a new class of tourists to Florida, replacing the wealthy resort-goers with middle-class auto owners touring the state on road trips. Trains continued to be used to haul freight and people, but to a much lesser degree as the 20th century wore on. Despite this, the impact that railroads had on Central Florida's history was extremely significant. The railroads allowed Florida to thrive in the late 19th century by creating connectivity for the state on a national and even global level. It was through the opportunities the railroad presented that settlement came to Central Florida and the region became an active participant in the national economy. Perhaps next time you find yourself at a railroad crossing, you can consider the greater meaning of the characteristic clang, clang, clang of the bell. Think back to a time when the sound of that bell not only announced the arrival of an approaching locomotive, but it announced the arrival of economic growth and national expansion. We hope you have enjoyed this episode of A History of Central Florida podcast. For more information about the railroad bells featured in this podcast, visit the Halifax Historical Museum at 252 South Beach Street, Daytona Beach, Florida, 32114, and the Central Florida Railroad Museum at 101 South Boyd Street, Winter Garden, Florida, 34787. Make sure to join us for our next episode titled Townsend House. <laughs>